Hello, and God bless you. This is Pastor Jeremy, and what a delight to be with you all today. We are so happy that you are joining us today as as you that have been following us over the last few weeks, days. You know what we do. We study the Word of God. And uh, we want to give all the time possible to be able to get into the Word of God today and continue to study on our now part three of what we've been studying uh, from Revelations 12 and 13 and, and studying these things. And we pray that you have been blessed as we have been and that you are learning something as, as you go with us in this Bible study. Have your Bibles. You want to take notes, take notes. And, and as always, we recommend you to go back. Go back and, and listen over. Maybe something you missed. Maybe something can be added to what God is showing you. And I know it will bless you. What a delight to be with our panel. Brother Fernando, Brother Marty, is always a delight to study the Word of God together with our audience. Brother Marty, I'll Amen. leave it here with you. Amen. Uh, it's good to be with everybody again today. Uh, we're going to uh, get into part three of the mystery of the ten horns. And we're going to be coming to you today from uh, Revelation chapter 17. Revelation chapter 17. And we're going to begin uh, with the 12th verse. And we'll read uh, verse 12, 13, and 14. So reading from Revelation 17, 12. And the ten horns which thou saw are ten kings, which have received no kingdom as yet. They will receive power as kings one hour with the beast. These have one mind. They shall give their power and their strength unto the beast. These shall make war with the Lamb, and the Lamb will overcome them, for he is the Lord of lords and the King of kings, and they that are with him are called, chosen, and faithful. Praise God. Amen. So, let's look at these. Uh, uh, what we're going to look at and focus on today is that phrase from Revelation 17, verse 13 where it says that these ten horns, which become ten kings, that they have one mind, and they're going to give their power and their strength <clears throat> unto the beast. The beast is a two-fold uh, thing, really, or a threefold thing, as it's revealed in Revelation 13, verse 2. John said to look at the beast. He looks like a leopard. Uh, his body looks like a leopard. His feet are the feet of a bear. His mouth is the mouth of a lion. It's a system that we were talking about. And and yesterday we spoke about that system. We talked about the seven heads rising up out of the sea, representing all the global empires that have existed uh, over the course of the, uh, of the history of humanity, beginning all the way back in Genesis 10 uh, with the very first global leader uh, known as Nimrod. It was there that, that humanity was one collective expression. Uh, and it was there that the Tower of Babel was built and, and Nimrod was its ruler. That was the very first global empire. And over the last two podcasts, we've gone over the last, uh, the others. Uh, we believe that Babel was the first. Egypt followed with Pharaoh at its head. The Assyrian Empire with Sennacherib as a type of the Antichrist. Uh, the Babylonian Empire with Nebuchadnezzar, its king, as a type of Antichrist as well. 
the Medo-Persians, which saw Darius and Cyrus as their leaders, the uh, Greek Empire, which had Alexander the Great as its leader, and then followed by the Roman Empire and the cult of the Caesars, uh, each one proclaiming himself to be a god-man. Well, all every every single one of these seven heads, which represent the seven global empires, John has revealed to him by the Lord in Revelation 13 that in the end, at the end of time, which we believe is our day right now, that all seven will begin to collectively uh, emerge from the sea. And as we talked about, the sea represents nations, tribes, tongues, and people. And so what the scripture seems to be telling us is that a time, talking about John's time when he was writing uh, in the first century, that in the far-flung future, which we believe is now some 2,000 years later, that humanity will have evolved into a sort of collective oneness and that there will be events that transpire over a 2,000-year-plus period that will begin to cause humanity to desire from their own collective mind, if you will, and hearts, a, a renewing or a returning to a global empire or a global system or a one world, one government, one religion type system. So what John is what John is allowed to to see and witness there in Revelation thirteen one is that these this system that will arise is actually comprised of the of the entities or the spirits, if you will, or the or the dark angels that once ruled over the seven global empires that existed in history. Now, what we talked about yesterday was that what John sees in Revelation 13:1 is in addition to the seven heads, the seven global empires and the entities that controlled them and brought them forth over the course of history, what will make it different than all of their previous attempts to rule and dominate the planet is that all seven will unify and collectively emerge uh, into human history at the end of days. But there's, there's, there, there's the added component that John talked about, which he revealed uh, as the ten horns. And the ten horns, as we talked about yesterday at length, and you should go back and listen to it in the podcast, I think Brother Fernando called them the, the dream team. And, uh, and that's fantastic. <laughs> That's exactly what they the are. The devil's dream team. <laughs> yeah, right? They're the dream team of darkness, man. We explored at length yesterday that these ten horns are are like an elite ten. And and they are allowed to come forth and to to bring additional strength, additional power to this seven headed beast that rises up out of the sea. And we examined their origin yesterday. They they really are ancient beings. They're ancient personalities, principalities of evil. They're the elite power of darkness, very close to the dragon himself, because as re as revealed in Revelation 13, 2, it is the dragon himself that delegates his power to them, these ten horns. They are the elite power of darkness. They're like the, they're like the council, if you will, of, of, a, of an elite ten um, <clears throat> that are above uh, even the seven-headed beast 
entities, those who gave power to the global empires, they, they superimpose their authority and rule and strength on this last system that is rising, we believe, even now as we speak and record these messages. And so remember that John reveals to us <clears throat> that these are ancient beings, these are uh, ancient entities, <clears throat> and he reveals them as ten horns in Revelation 13, 1 and, and verse 2. And remember, we also need to understand, <clears throat> and we, we, can, we continue to reveal this, to, to, to explore this, and that is that don't forget when you're reading in Revelation 13, you're beginning to read the account of of something that was written 2000 years ago and so over the last 2000 years what we have been witnessing and we spoke at length at these in our previous podcast so we encourage you to go back and listen we have been witnessing the culmination of the uh the imposing of all power in heaven and earth being given unto the lord jesus christ and what right. is revealed what is revealed in the word is that it will ultimately find its final place of battle on the planet earth, that it's all coming down to this planet. And we see that in revelation chapter 12, where it is revealed that the enemy himself, after a systematic warfare now of over 2000 years has been removed from every place of dominion, every place of of, uh, of of principality or power where he once traversed with himself and his uh, his ruling dark elite, if you will, an innumerable host, one-third of the angels is what the Bible says, who fell in, in the original rebellion, uh, which he uh, unleashed upon the creation of God. Now, ultimately, what is said is that he's cast down to the earth, and so his domain or his his place of of uh, exhibiting his power is now going to be limited to the planet Earth, <clears throat> and so as we discuss these ten horns, these entities, um, what is also said concerning the ten horns is that they are ten kings. They are ten horns, but they will be given kingship. They will have crowns on their heads. That's how John sees them, right? Seven heads. Ten horns upon the head, and then ten crowns. It's a systematic unveiling, in other words. It's a step-by-step -step process that takes uh, time for it to be fully realized, but the process has already begun, we believe. Now listen, <clears throat> these ten horns, these entities, uh, they are going to take form. That's why we see them first as horns, and then we see them as as kings, kings of the earth. They're going to take form and they're going to, to walk amongst us, man. And they're going to assist the Antichrist by receiving their kingly authority on the earth from the dragon himself. And they will invest that power into the Antichrist. It is he that gives them their power and their strength. So that brings us to today, you know, kind of where we left off yesterday. <clears throat> was we asked the question, well, how are they going to take form? How are they going to manifest themselves? How are they going to come into this world, into our earthly dimension? Because that's what's being said here. They're going from right. a position of ruling entities of the darkness of this world into taking form 
as 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 kings in and to assist the antichrist in the not too distant future but how do they do that and are there keys that can be found to this and how this will take place and 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 yes of course there is <clears throat> we need to look at something in order to understand and i think that where we begin to find what is being revealed about these 10 kings is is found in in the book of daniel so let's turn over there would you brother jeremy Turn uh, over there to the book of Daniel. You who have your Bibles who have been following us along, uh, go over to the to the book of Daniel, the prophet Daniel, uh, chapter 2. Are you there, Brother Jeremy? Are you there, yes, Brother Jeremy? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I am. All right, I was. Well, did you take a Taco Bell break? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. No, I'm here, brother. I'm here. Chapter 2 of Daniel. Chapter 2 of Daniel. All right. So I want to lay something here, a little thing. In Daniel chapter 2, we're given the account of, of King Nebuchadnezzar, the ruler of the global Babylonian empire. He has this dream. And in Daniel chapter 2, he, he wakes up from his dream and, and he can't remember it. And he calls all his wise men and, and, and the astrologers and all the magicians of the day. And, and, and he tells them, I've had a dream. Uh, and I want you to tell me what the dream is and tell me what the interpretation is. And they told him, hey, tell us the dream and we'll give you the interpretation. And he says, no. Yeah. He says, I want you to tell me what I dreamt because I forgot. And they said, that's impossible. That can't possibly happen. No king has ever asked for such a thing. And so uh, it angers Nebuchadnezzar and he decides he's going to destroy all his counselors, all his magicians because he called them out for being fakes, right? And so that included, however, uh, those that were of his court, and amongst them uh, was was the prophet Daniel and Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his three companions. And he goes to the general Arioch, the chief guard of Nebuchadnezzar, who, was, who had been commissioned to go destroy all the astrologers and counselors and so forth. And he tells him, he says, look, uh, tell the king, Give us 24 hours. You know, uh, I'll go seek my God and, 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 and I'll have an answer for him. So so he, he bought some time. And that night, Daniel goes and he begins to seek God. He begins to intercede and, 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 and ask God for, for insight or they'll be destroyed, basically. <clears throat> and so what happens is, is indeed God answers his prayer and begins to reveal to him exactly what King Nebuchadnezzar dreamt and so the next day daniel shows up you all know the story right daniel chapter two he goes into the king's court and begins to systematically reveal to him exactly what he dreamt and then he gives him the interpretation what daniel revealed in chapter two was that nebuchadnezzar had had a dream of a great and horribly terrifying image he described the image as having a head of gold the arms and the chest of silver uh, the loins of brass and uh, legs of iron, and then at the end of the legs, he 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 sees feet uh, iron mixed with clay. And so when it comes down to the end of the image, he sees the ten toes, if you will, of of iron mixed with clay. And so he begins to give Nebuchadnezzar the revelation of it, and he tells the king, King you are the king of kings and the head of gold that you saw on the image that represents you 
And he says, after you pass from the scene in human history, another kingdom is going to rise, not as strong as yours, he says, but it's going to rise. And, and, and he begins to unfold human history to him and tell him that the image you saw represents all the global empires that shall come after you and culminate at the end of time uh, with a, a, an image that has 10 toes that are partly weak, partly strong, iron mixed with clay. So when he reveals to him the arms and the chest of silver, that represented the Medo-Persian Empire, which came right after uh, the head of gold. The second thing after them, or the one after them, is the, is the loins, uh, the stomach and the loins of, of brass, which represented Alexander the Great. And then we have two legs of iron representing the East and the Roman Empire, which is very interesting because when, uh, when he sees the two legs, which represent the Roman Empire, East and West, it, it's, we have to take note of the fact that it is the longest piece of the body that he saw on this image, which indicated and revealed to us that the Roman Empire, which was to come, would would last all the way till the end of time because the, the, the legs of iron go all the way down into the feet. And what Daniel right. sees is, is that the feet have both iron and clay mixed together. What's interesting right. about that is that is that what that alerts us to is the spirit of Rome, if you will. The spirit of the Roman Empire has never left the planet. It has morphed itself into multiple different ways all across the world, really, and, and, and it has had its influence in the governments of this world. But at the end of time, what Daniel was saying, and this is represented by the fact that the last thing that he saw upon this image was the feet. He references the, the feet and the ten toes, and he says, when we come to the end of time, there is going to be this exceedingly fierce empire and it's going to have 10 toes or at the end of history, in other words, which is the last part of the body, right? Is the feet. So he's referring to at the end of history, there's going to be a group of 10 that are going to be partly weak and partly strong. And what we're asking here, because what we believe that represents are the 10 horns that rest upon the seven-headed uh, image, uh, seven-headed beast that rises up out of the sea, that become ten kings. For an hour, the Bible says, for a very brief time, these ten horns are going to take a rulership or a kingdom amongst men. But it's very interesting what he says here. How will they do this? And Brother Jeremy, will you read uh, verse 41 through 43? Yes. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided, but there shall be in it of the strength of the iron. For as much as thou sawest the iron mixed with miry clay, and as the toes of the feet were part of iron and part of clay, so the kingdom shall be partly strong and partly broken. And whereas thou sawest iron mixed with miry clay, they shall mingle themselves with the seed of men, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron is not mixed with clay. Now, there's something really strange here that Daniel says. Yes, it is. Something, something very sinister 
and 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 something very evil because he's he's speaking of the spirit that will appear or the spirit of the ten because there's ten toes right that's what's on the feet is ten toes uh, right and what he what he says there in verse forty three is they refer, referencing the ten toes which is the ten horns which become the ten kings he says something very interesting he talks about them mingling themselves with the seed of men but they shall not cleave to one another like iron is not mixed with clay what seems to be being revealed here is an attempt is is going to be made and will be allowed to happen for these entities these ten horns which become ten kings to merge themselves with with the very dna of mankind they are going to become as it were uh, a hybrid they're going to become a a mingling of of both angelic entity and human flesh and and that is what daniel is revealing so when john sees seven heads then he sees ten horns which are an additional power base then he sees ten crowns placed upon the, those horns he's revealing to us a systematic manifestation of how they're going to come into the earth and we have to compare scripture with scripture which is why we went over to daniel chapter 2 which is what brother jeremy just read and what is revealed there is extraordinary because it 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 reveals to us that they are going to to be allowed to break the veil to leave a realm of habitation and literally join themselves for a brief period of time with the seed of men that is why daniel makes a distinction between they mingle themselves and the seed of men what is being revealed here is that these entities these 10 horns shall become 10 kings by literally being allowed to somehow genetically join with mankind. Ten individual beings will be made manifest in this last hour. And these are going to be, as it were, caretakers infused with an incredible satanic power to give assistance to the bringing forth of the Antichrist. And when he manifests, they will divest their, their satanic energy also into his very being that is the little horn that we talked about yesterday rising up amongst the ten horns now listen look at what daniel is revealing something very strange very sinister and 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 so we have to ask ourselves this mingling of the angelic or the principality and power with the seed of men has it ever happened before because what 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 we had revealed to us if you remember is by the lord jesus himself was that there would be two components that would alert the church in the last days to the fact that we have reached the time of the end and he said two things he said one it will be like the days of noah and also right. it it will be like the days of sodom so what the Lord was predicting was that we were going to have a, a return to the days of Noah and a return to the days of Sodom, which is really, really interesting that the Lord revealed that. Because as we've talked about in previous podcasts, what happened in the days of Noah 
was was a was a a leaving of angelic power from their habitation and it and we're told in Genesis six can somebody read that to me? Genesis yes, six chapter after six yeah, it was, so so what you're saying because when we think of the days of Noah as it's classically taught concerning the last days, you know, we think about well they were uh eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, you know, they were just kind of living life as usual. Uh right. and like nothing Party. is happening. And, and and that's true. That's true. There that is a characteristic of the uh <clears throat> of how people are going to treat the last days. But what what the Bible what the Bible uh, is revealing is is more than just that. It's it's this little it's, it's what we've been talking about for the what I don't know how many podcasts, but we've been talking about this spiritual war that literally uh, spilled over into the earth in Genesis chapter six. That's what we're, we're going to read from, and I want the listener to understand that that this is an ongoing battle and it's all going to spill over is going to manifest itself here on earth. It's not the first time that has happened. There's right. been, uh, <clears throat> there's been many attempts by the enemy, right? And, and he's tried to do that through these kingdoms, um, the, the seven uh, heads and the 10 horns. And, and, and <clears throat> they're going to manifest themselves as one, as a whole in these last days. So, as it was in the beginning, in the days of Noah, right, so shall it be at the end. So we're seeing a pattern of how the enemy works. He doesn't change his tactics. He's always been trying to accomplish this this feat, so to speak, right? But he hasn't been allowed or given permission by God to do it. So, it, yes, we do have evidence of, of these kind of things. And this, it sounds like something out of a sci-fi movie, right? But... This is exactly what the enemy has always attempted to do. Remember, Genesis 3.15, the Lord told the, the serpent, I shall put enmity between her seed and your seed, right? Mm-hmm. So he understood, the enemy understood that there was something in the seed of the woman, in the woman's DNA, genetics, that would bring forth, right, a Messiah. So he's always, always tried to destroy the very seed of man. And we see that in when when Moses goes over into the promised land, the Lord tells him very specifically, don't mingle yourself with the surrounding pagan nations. Right? Because we know what surrounded the the the, uh, the nation of Israel uh, uh in the promised land. There was giants in those days. Right? So we 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 know that the Lord tried to preserve that seed, that godly seed for the Lord seeketh a godly seed. The uh, the book of Malachi says, right? Yeah. <clears throat> He was always trying to bring forth a Messiah, and and, he, and the Messiah came 2,000 years ago. And the enemy still comes after the seed of God, his children. Amen. So so pay close attention to what we're saying. It's very important because you're going you're gonna to have more insight into how the enemy tries to war against us. And we'll have the insight to combat him in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 And so, and so, what we were saying uh, again, uh, as you're describing there, brother Fernando, is what. Remember what we're talking about. Let's not lose sight of this. Is that we're talking about the ten horns in Revelation 17, right? right verse 13, I believe it is, uh, where it is said that they 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 will they will manifest. They will they will go from being powerful entities resting upon ancient 
ancient expressions of darkness represented by the seven heads, which were the seven distinct world empires that were headed by princes and rulers that influenced the nations of the world and drove them into a globalist mindset. They failed, every single one of them, individually trying to become the dominant force upon the planet. Yes. But what we see happening in the book of Revelation 13.1 is the revelation that, that these several entities, these seven heads that attempted global domination are going to coalesce. They are going to re-emerge in our time, only all seven becoming one. And with the additional, yeah. the addition of ten horns, which is symbolic language for a higher rank of entity, for a higher rank of personality driven and empowered by satanic authority and satanic will, the dragon who gives them their power. But while they come to rest on the expression and desire rising from the sea, which is represented by collective humanity, while they come to rest and energize that, that collective expression, that, that hive mind that's beginning to, to grip the globe of our time, even amongst the people, there's such, there's such a move towards this collective one world thing, right? Well, while that's happening, things are recurring simultaneously in the, in the between the natural and the spiritual that need to be additionally added. And, and that's just before the Antichrist gives form, they seem to appear at the same time. As we saw yesterday, amongst the 10 horns that Daniel reveals in Daniel chapter seven and chapter eight, uh, he says that there will come another little horn among them. It's as if they're like a brooding pack of mother jackals, if you will, protecting mm -hmm. protecting the evil seed. But their energy is 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 a necessary component to to produce it. And what Daniel reveals in what we were just reading in Daniel chapter two, verse forty three is how they're going to do it is to redo what they did back in Genesis chapter 6. What did they do in Genesis 6? Would you read it there, Brother Jeremy? And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they chose. Keep reading. What was the result of it? And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be a hundred and twenty years. There were giants in the earth in those days, and also after that, when the sons of God came in unto the daughters of men, and they bare children to them, the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. All right, so check this out. <laughs> the same thing happened in the days of Noah, and that's what we were talking about that the Lord Jesus himself revealed. He said two things. It's going to be like the days of Noah, like Brother Fernando was just pointing out. It's more than just they were partying and, 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 and sleeping around and you know getting high or whatever, doing their thing. He's talking yeah. about there in Genesis 6, what the Lord is actually referring to uh, also as the days of Noah, he said, uh, is that is that 
uh, leaving of the, the parameters of the delegated domain of these entities known as the sons of God, the Ben Elohim, incredibly powerful beings that are close to the planet in order to be the caretakers of it, if you will. But they desired to leave their habitation. And when they did, they mingled themselves with women and created a, 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 a genetic hybrid, if you will, a forbidden hybrid, the mingling of the seed of men with, with uh, of, of the seed of angel with the seed of, of men or mankind. And so what produced out of that were these dominating uh, figures. What, what we call, and we talked about it a few podcasts before, were quite possibly the origins of, of, of the ancient mythology emerged from. Remember we talked about after, this is what brought about the flood. This is what brought about the destruction of the ancient world was this, this mingling between two species, between humanity and the angelic class. And it brought about a swift destruction upon the world that then was. And we talked about that what the Bible reveals is that Noah and his sons and, and their wives and his wife crossed over uh, two worlds, the ancient world into the world that we still know today. But they brought with them the information, if you will, the history of what had happened. And when the population of the planet began to increase again, the knowledge of what happened in those days began to be revealed to men so that those things came across on the other side of the flood and it's how we know what happened it was recorded by moses as revealed to him by god of course but understand this that what we're talking about here uh is is revealed in detail because what we're saying is and oh wait i wanted to talk about this because you made me think of something when you read that notice what he says they they mingled with women and and impregnated them and what was born was a genetic mutant so to speak and becoming right. the giant nephilim right also known as the rephaim or the anakim on the other side of the flood yes. what's interesting and what's unique and what is uniquely different than that time to this is that the the advanced technology or maybe as i've heard some scholars and even my wife and I, we've discussed these things at length. And I, and I tend to agree with her, you know, because uh, we're talking about a time, the Bible says, where, where from Adam until the flood was just about a thousand years. And, and we see that the Bible in its, in its declaration says that people lived multiple centuries. The oldest one who ever lived, I believe, was Methuselah, who lived to be 983, I think. Well, okay. what we've discussed is imagine the kind of technology that could be developed over a thousand-year period. All the information you could acquire, all the experimentation you could do. I mean, just imagine. And it's quite conceivable that some of the megalithic structures that we find around the globe today and even off the, the great bodies of the uh, of water off the coastal um, places like in Japan or, or off the coast of Chile or in the Antarctic and the different mysterious places where they have found buried underneath the oceans these incredible structures 
of, of a world that then was, it, it's quite possible that the advancement of technology of that day actually gave way to the ability for the blurring of the spirit and the natural to occur. Some sort of opening of dimensional reality is what we're having revealed to us that allowed these angels to come in. And they are, it, is, it is incredibly steeped in some very dark art. Remember when when Moses came into Egypt, it wasn't that long after the flood, right? I mean, you're just talking about several centuries, really. But they had such a developed um, they had such a developed knowledge of the ancient occult of Zep Tepi. Yeah. That's what the Egyptians called it. They called it first time, or the time of the first history, or the ancient history. When we see Moses walk into the court of the pharaohs, for example. And, and and all those displays of, you know, the snakes eating the snakes and the blood being poured out, all that stuff, man. It says that the first three things that Moses attempted to do to convince Pharaoh to allow uh, the children of Israel to go together, that that Pharaoh's magicians were mm-hmm. able to replicate them. And now we're yes. not talking about, you know, David Copperfield at the MGM Grand in Vegas here, man. We're talking, yeah. <laughs> about, we're talking about some very dark and powerful people that that understood and tapped in to ancient knowledge uh, that had its origins in in the fallen angels on the other side of the flood. And so it's conceivable that what we are witnessing again today is the rise of technology. And remember what Solomon said, that there is absolutely nothing new under the sun. That that which was, uh, that that which is, is that which has already been. And so when the Lord refers us to the days of Noah and these things that we're talking about, it is quite possible that just because it's been buried underneath the oceans of an ancient world judged, that we are a species, if you will, with amnesia. But But that God has revealed these things in his word if you have eyes to see it. And if you have a the spiritual capacity developed by the Holy Spirit in spending time with him and, and listening to his instructions and, and, and digging within the word of God, it's all here. And so when we see in our time the, the re-emergence of a technological society like we have today, moving at lightning speed, completely interconnected, that we are witnessing the return of what they once had just before the world of old was destroyed. And what John is revealing here is the same thing that took place. And what Daniel is revealing here, the same thing that took place in the days of Noah will emerge again in the end time. Now turn over to Jude, would you really quick? Because Jude gives us some, Jude gives us even further insight as he reveals to us how it happened. And it's really incredible what he says. And and it's the smallest book, one of the smallest books in the Bible, just a few verses. Uh, but but he has it's packed with incredible information. Now take a look at what Jude says. He get, he mentions the two incidents that the Lord mentioned. He mentions the days of of Noah, and he mentions uh, what happened with the angels in the days of Noah, and then he he mentions something really extraordinary. Remember what we're talking about? How are the ten horns going to take form? Right. And what what Daniel told us in Daniel 12, uh, 2, 
verse 43, Daniel 2, verse 43, was the attempt is going to be made and will succeed that they will mingle themselves genetically with men. A, a, a reemergence of what once was in the days of Noah will be allowed to happen again in the last days. At the end of the image, the ten toes, the ten horns become ten kings by mingling themselves with the genetic seed of humanity and taking form and shape. They will be an empowered satanic elite. They will look like men. My God. Wow. Yeah. You know, that's what he's saying. Now, look, look what Jude says. Are you there in Jude? Yes. Yes. Can you read that sixth verse to us, Brother Jeremy? And the angels which he kept not, excuse me, and the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation. He hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Notice the word, what these, what has happened to these angels. They were chained, but they've been reserved. They've been held in check for a particular time period. And you have to get into the original language here to really look at every single word here, and it'll paint a huge picture for you. But notice what he says. He's reserved these angels which did not keep their first estate but left their own habitation. The Lord has reserved them in everlasting change from that moment when it happened under darkness. And that word darkness literally means the place of the abode of the, of the bottomless pit, really, the netherworld. And then he uses the word unto, a time-specific right the judgment of the great day it's it's as if what he's implying here is that these beings which left their habitation are chained and have been chained up until the day of jude and beyond now it's been 2000 years since he wrote this but it's it's for a specific time where it appears they're going to be allowed to be loosed and it's the specific day the great day it's the same word we were talking about that Jesus used when he told the disciples, I am with you always, right? Even until the end of the world. The word always, we told you, was the Greek word chimera, which is the dark before the dawn. It's that in between just before the breaking of day. And so that same language is used here. The great day or the great chimera is when it appears that these beings who left their estate conceivably will be released just before the second coming of the Lord. And if that's the case, then it makes sense what John is revealing in Revelation 17, 13, that they're the ones that are going to fight against the Lord, Revelation 17, verse 14, and the Lord's going to ultimately, once and for all, destroy them. But notice what he says about this, because he's referencing uh, the time of Noah. He says, what do we learn from it, right? He says that they didn't keep their first estate. And and the word kept is that word tereo, tereo, T-E-R-E-O, which is the Greek word for to guard or to maintain yourself in the state that you find yourself in. In other words, they relinquished uh, their their guard, if you will, their conscience. They were They were to keep themselves in their own domain, but they relaxed that they didn't guard themselves from the first estate the word first estate means uh is the greek word two words arche and arco 
Arche means principality, rule, and power, and arco means political rank or power. So what Jude is actually saying is they these are principalities and powers of the highest order who had political power, political rank amongst the other beings. That right. they failed they failed to guard themselves and they did not stay with that authority given to them in the heavenly realm. Instead they left their own habitation. The word left is the word apale apo. Epeo, A-P-O-L-I-P-E-O, Apo, Epeo. This is what it literally means. They forsake, they forsook, they made a conscious decision to forsake and leave behind their home. That's literally what their own, idios, means home or that which belonged to them. So they failed to guard themselves and to keep themselves in the state that they are in. They are principalities and rulers and powers of a political sort of rank and power and decided collectively to forsake that domain and their home, which belonged to them, and to leave their dwelling and their habitation. And they came into the earth. And that's what Genesis 6, verse 1 through 4 records, which Jeremy was reading. That is what Daniel is hinting at will happen again in our time, that they are going to be released. They are going to be allowed to come up from where they're chained and to assist the Antichrist. This is incredible stuff because the word habitation yeah. also, it can also mean not just, uh, not just a habitation or a dwelling domain, but it also means a, a person's body. You know, and, and it, it, it might be saying to us, that in some way they 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 were disembodied or separated their their spirit essence from their angelic body and somehow merged in this gross uh, hybrid hybridization of Genesis six one where the giants were the result. But that's for another day. So it happened in Genesis six, and 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 Daniel and the Lord says it's going to happen again. But then remember he also said like Sodom and Gomorrah, right? And that's where Jude goes on and says something really extraordinary. Can you read that, Brother Jeremy, to us in verse 7? Yes. Even, even as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities about them, in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set forth for an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Now, this is really incredible because, again, a further insight. Remember what's being revealed here, and that is Daniel saying, how are the ten horns going to take form? How are they going to become kings on the earth? He says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 43, they're going to mingle themselves with the seed of men. You're going to have two unnatural bodies coming together to form a completely hybridization, uh, a monstrosity, if you will, because it's empowered by satanic power. It's, not, it's neither human nor angelic. It, it's an abomination in the sight of God as well in our sight. And so what we see in Sodom is the same thing happened here. In one of the commentaries I was reading on Psalm 82, uh, Brian, uh, this Dr. Brian Godwa pointed out something extraordinary, and that's that term 
where it says that they go after strange flesh. Did you see that, Brother Jeremy, in verse 7? Yes, how, yes, how I it did. Says that, that in the time of Sodom, which Jesus referenced, that it would also be like in the days of Lot, like in the days of Sodom and Gomorrah, what Jude reveals is that what what happened was a willing participation of humanity going after strange flesh. Now, you've heard many, many preachers talk about, well, that's homosexuality. No, that's not homosexuality. And the reason we can find that, as, as Dr. Godwa pointed out, is that in, in his commentary on Psalm 82, he said that the word strange flesh, and I looked it up, and you can look it up, Brother Jeremy. Uh, <laughs> look it up. Could you have access to your, to your thing? I do. I do. I have it right, right. here. What is it the means... word? It's the word heteros, right? Yes. Heteros. It means, you want me to read it, brother? It means yeah. altered. Else, mm. uh, let me see, strange. Number, let me see, as opposed to some form of person or thing. Um, read the root Not word. of the same nature. Not of there the same go. nature. Yes, not of form, the same nature. class, kind, different. So, so the flesh that they went after was heterosarchs. In other words, it's not homosarchs. Homo meaning mankind. It's not homosexuality. Mm. It's heteros. The word flesh means sarks. Or in the Greek, it's sarks, which means flesh. The word heteros means flesh of a different order or a different class. He's talking about they, they willingly mingled once again with wicked uh, uh, unions with bodies of a different nature. Now, now this is why when, when the angels came to Lot's right. house, why do you think they went after them? And said, "We want to know these guys, right? Wow. I mean, that's a wicked wow. thing. Uh, see, because wow. the—that's why Sodom was destroyed, and that's what's going to happen when Jesus returns again. The reason he's going to return is because such a corruption is taking place right now, and and such a corruption is going to take place of collective humanity that joins itself once again, like in the days of Noah and in the days of of, of Sodom." where this, this collective coming together of the demonic and, and, and human is going to happen again. It is, it is one of the primary reasons that we see the false prophet in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11, institute a mark system, right? They have to receive this mark, but it's much more than economic because what we're told is that once they receive this mark, there is no possibility for uh, repentance and neither do they want to. They become completely merged in some sort of 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 of, of genetic altering of, of humankind. It's why they can't repent. It's why they can't die for a while. But that's for a little bit later. So notice what he points out in Sodom here. He says it's heteros. It's not homo, which means mankind, or homosexuality. It's heteros. It's the kind of dark occult thing that was happening in Sodom that brought fire down on it. And 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 only Lot was escaped. The same thing is going to happen again. Remember, Jesus is going to bring fire upon the earth. And then these ten horns 
are going to mingle themselves like they did in the days of Sodom, like they did in the days of Noah. It's coming again. And that's how they're going to take physical form. So now let's go back to the book of Revelation, brothers, and we're going to hurry here. Returning to the book of Revelation, let's, let's, let's look deeper. Because there appears to be a connection with humanity, that is the children of disobedience, in bringing in, in assisting these angelic, wicked, satanic powers in bringing about everything that they're endeavoring to do. It's a very dark occult connection. Now look at, Brother Jeremy, would you read to us Revelation chapter 13, verse 3 and yes. 4? Verse 3 and 4. And I saw one of his heads as they were wounded to death. And his deadly wound was healed. And all the world wondered after the beast. And they worshipped the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worshipped the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Yes. Now look at this is really interesting because by the time we get to this point, and what I just told you and what we've been laying out the thesis and the case scripturally to you is that Daniel reveals that these ten horns will become ten kings, but there's a connective tissue or connective line, if you will, that runs between the demonic and humanity at the same time. And we talked about this a few podcasts later, what creates this environment we laid for some things that we think you should go look at, and, and we're not going to get into that today. But what we want to focus on is notice what verse 4 tells us about humanity. It is such a bizarre thing to say. It, 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 because, and yet it's revealing to us. We've been talking about the days of Noah, the days of Sodom, the mingling of, uh, of they with the seed of men, all that stuff. We talked about heteros, meaning not homosexuality, but 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 the nature of the angelic or principality and power, the nature of a different class of, of being merging itself with humankind called strange flesh, that was the sin of Sodom that brought about the ultimate judgment, the same thing repeating itself. But we're talking about these, these ten taking form. And look, what they begin to do in verse 4, it says, is they worship the dragon. And they worship the beast. Now, we know the beast is that seven-headed thing with ten horns, right? Isn't that yes. right? Yes. And they're, yes. Worshiping, and they're worshiping the dragon, which we know is Satan, that old serpent, right? And, yes. and, and yeah, so right. what we see here is an occult practice. This is occultic. This is witchcraft. This is Satanism. This is Wiccan. This is whatever you want to call it, neo-paganism. I mean, use every fancy term you can. This is the move of humanity moving toward uh, a union with the dragon, with the beast, in order to produce something. Look at verse 5. What happens when they worship the dragon, when they worship the beast? It's the first time in verse 5 that we see material form comes into being. Read verse 4, Brother Jeremy. Uh, verse 4 or 5? Yes. Read verse 4. Okay. And they worship now, when, wait, the dragon. Wait, 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 wait. When you're reading it, remember, those of you that are listening and following along, um, if you haven't fainted by now, now listen. <laughs> 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 
Yeah, uh, seriously speaking, though, this is this is intense. I know I got to lighten this up, right? So look, uh, notice as Brother Jeremy reads this that that up until now uh, we really don't see, except for the beast rising up out of the sea representing the nations of the world. It's not until a series of events happen that then verse four appears, and now we see humanity beginning to align itself with satanic philosophy, which is a global system apart from God. But it's, it's, it's beginning to express itself in the worship or the occult nature. It's going back to the ancient times in a modern setting. They begin mm. to think nothing of entering into, into, into witchcraft, into Satanism, into any sort of, you know, whatever you want to call it, polytheism, the worship of the earth, whatever, this is an expressed occult statement, and it begins with the worship of the dragon. It, it, it also uh, enters into the worship of the beast where the ten horns are, and then suddenly something happens. The coming together of the two produces something. Take a look. Read it. It says, and they worship the dragon, which gave power unto the beast. And they worship the beast, saying, Who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? And what's the result of this? Verse 5. There was, and there was given unto him a mouth, speaking great things and blasphemies. And power was given unto him to continue forty and two months. So this is, this is mid-tribulation, and it begins the great tribulation. In the middle of the tribulation period, a defined period of time occurs, 42 months. But notice, it is the result of the coming together of the dragon and the beast, which is yet an entity of seven heads and ten horns represented in symbolically in Revelation 13.1. When they get together, humanity and Satan himself, it, the collective worship here, energized by satanic philosophy and satanic influence produces a hybrid it produces a mouth there is no personality described until the two come together just like in the days of noah just like in the days of sodom this mouth as it's referred to in revelation 13:5, is that beast taking form but all of this precedes right. him, right? All of this groundwork had to be laid over the last 2,000 years, if you will, to bring humanity into this open state of willingness to turn its back on God and to begin to unify itself under satanic influence, which will produce a worship, which will energize all things and allow this wicked one to come forth. That's why it says, after the worship of the dragon, verse 4, after the worship of the beast, the system, verse 4, verse 5, boom, a mouth is given to it. It takes form and shape in the form of a human invested with the spirit of the devil himself. Now, it's not a new thing, because understand that this darkness, brothers, I began to do some research, it's already begun this collective worship of the dragon and the beast system. This has been going on for the last 2,000 years. There has been a 
And if you, you have to get into some really heavy studies, which we don't have time to do this, but you can follow the train, you can follow the line, whether it be from Caligula to Nero to Domitian, uh, all the way to 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 uh, <laughs> to uh, Constant Constantine, you know, where he where he 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 embraces Christianity, but what he really did was create a Roman state church, right? He's a foreshadow of that false prophet abrogating his authority and rule as a dominating military power, he gives way to a system that produces the Council of Nicaea in 365 AD, right, which became what we call the Roman Catholic Church, instituting a, a, a centralized state global religion from Rome. It was the foreshadow. And it then began to expand into Western civilization, which gave rise to, to uh, what we see today, the, 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 the democracies and the republics of the Western culture and Western society. It's been flowing for over 2,000 years, and amongst it has been an elite class of individuals from generation to generation, in the shadows, if you will, yet participating with this wicked one, attempting to bring about his will, which is absolute domination of the planet which we're told will take shape and take form in the end of time and will be marked by many, many of the things that we've talked about. So what I'm about to talk to you about has been occurring over the last 2,000 years, but then at the beginning of the 20th century, it began to flourish in such a powerful way that we began to see that the prophetic time clock was not only ticking toward the second coming of the Lord, but Un until that second coming, it was also setting in motion uh, the dark side. And I want to talk to you about something, because have, how could we possibly see this, that they worship the dragon or they worship the beast, and, and, and then it, it, it brings forth the Antichrist? I want to talk to you about something. As we came to the close of the 1800s, if you do your homework, you'll see this is the case. There was a move specifically coming out of France. Uh, uh, which is where we get the Knights Templar and, and, and all that kind of stuff, out of Rome, the Illuminati, all those conspiracy theories, right? Well, uh, there was a move in the, in, in the late 1800s amongst uh, the occult elite. And, and this is really interesting, brothers, because the occult elite, as we came into the 20th century, were, became many of the scientists, many of the great minds of the early 20th century, uh, that that began to explore through alchemy and what became ultimately known as quantum physics, the blurring of the line. <laughs> Just stay with me. The blurring of the line. <laughs> the blurring of the line, man. Uh, as they began to to engage in the occult practices in order to unlock their understanding of the building blocks of all creation. But in so doing, many of them gave themselves over to occult ritual and practice, and they began to reject the God of Western culture. Out of this would give rise in the early 20th century, if you remember, to, to the linen, you know, the, 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 the linens and the Marxes and the Darwins and all that kind of stuff began to explode in the 20th century, which, which uniquely, uh, if we think about it, uniquely also was occurring simultaneously with the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which began in the late 1800s and gave way uh, ultimately in 1906 to the outpouring of the Holy Spirit on Azusa Street, right? These two, these two forces were being poured out as the 20th century gave way 
uh, as the 19th century gave way to the 20th century. We also saw a, an explosion in technology. We went from horse buggy and carriage to to the steam engine and then, you know, all the great corporations that began to be built out of that. We went into a World War One and into a World War Two. In, in 1906, I believe it was, we saw the first human flight take place, Orville and Wilbur Wright, in the plains of, of I think it was North Carolina, Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. They flew a, a little balsa wood plane 150 feet, and, and 69 years later, we were landing people on the moon. So what we began to see was a move in the higher places of scientific uh, thought, as well as amongst the elite, powerful uh, rulers, of uh, of the culture of the day and the nation states there was an interesting person by the name of <laughs> madame blavatsky right 1871 she began to uh, be a heavy influence on the scientific community at the close of the of the 19th century into the 21st century she would come and become really a a, a driving influence in the early part of the 20th century and she moved to new york city and she opened and you guys can Google all this. It's not a state secret. She opened up something called the Luciferian Press, where she began to, to spout the doctrine of Lucifer. And she began to corrupt many politicians and, and many of the ruling rich elite class on the East Coast. Her theories and her philosophies of the occult are the, are the driving force of what we now know uh, as the United Nations. You know, the spiritual aspect of the United Nations was built on the esoteric writings of this Madame Blavatsky person. What's your point, Brother Marty? The point is this, is that, that as we crossed into the 20th century, the rise of this move toward the occult and the worship of Lucifer began to coincide with the rise and the regathering of the nation of Israel, the two working hand in hand. It were, they were meant to be signals to the children of God who are paying attention that, that all things have begun and things have been set in motion that are leading us to where we find ourselves now. But we'll close with that in a minute. But also at the close of, of, of the 18th, 19th century, the, I don't know if you've ever heard but, but of, his, of him, came the rise of one known as, uh, as Aleister Crowley. You ever heard of Crowley? Yeah, Aleister Crowley was... Well, he's a minister's son, and he was born in England, and his father yes, was sir. a preacher, and, and he went to, I believe it was Trinity College in England. Uh, he became ultimately known <laughs> as the most evil man in the world, and he went into places of the occult and developed a whole system of magic called Thelema magic, and out of it, he began to influence the aristocracy of the West. And, and he, he began to uh, develop a whole system of, of returning to satanic worship based on the doctrines and philosophies of ancient Egypt and, and before, even unto Babel. He opened himself up more than any human being that I've ever researched. He makes Anton LaVey of the Church of, of, Church of Satan look like a kindergartner, to put it mildly. This guy... Oh was incredibly, incredibly evil. And, and, uh, and we won't go into the dark things that, that he, he participated in other than he wrote, uh, the, he wrote the, uh, you know, the book of, 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 of occult magic that is, is widely used today amongst the aristocracy on the planet, 
the, the, the people of Hollywood, the, the whole music industry. As a matter of fact, the Beatles in the 1960s became one of the adherents and propagators of his, of his magic philosophy in the 60s. They followed him. Jimmy Page, the lead guitarist for one of the major rock groups in the 70s, same thing. He actually bought his house and lived in it. But anyway, so this founder, this founder of Thelema Magic, which is the darkest of arts, he was a heavy influence of the scientific community in the early 20th century. Have you ever heard of Jack Parsons? Jack Parsons no. was considered was considered the most brilliant man of the earliest 20th century. He lived in Pasadena, man. He lived in Pasadena, California. And he founded, check this out, he founded the Jet Propulsion Laboratory. Uh, <laughs> and that's JPL down there in Pasadena. He was a brilliant genius. He only lived 38 years, but he rejected his upbringing and he became an exclusive follower follower of Aleister Crowley in the early 1940s. And he began to do ritual magic in his castle that he bought there on Orange Grove Avenue in Pasadena. And he began to do uh, at the at the before Crowley died, he was leading and guiding Parsons into into how to bring about an opening of the dimensions in order to to bring about the flooding of the world of these ancient spirits that we've been talking about. They believed that they were in direct connection with the devil. And they believed that they were going to be conduits, if you will, vehicles, if you will, like we're reading about in Revelation 13, 4, who will worship the dragon, worship the beast, in order to tear a hole in the fabric of time and space and bring about a manifestation of these ancient spirits ultimately taking form in the Antichrist. This Jack Parsons, guess who one of his best friends were? L. Ron Hubbard. Ever heard of him? Mm -hmm. Yes, yes. <laughs> Christian science. That's right. Dianetics. This guy Hubbard in the early 40s was, was best friends with Parsons, and it, and it was it, they were infamous for, for the dark things that they were engaged in, but they weren't just, you know, sleeping around and being, you know, fornicators. These were guys that were engaged in high-level occult magic, and they were conducting high-order ritual under the direction of Crowley and his writing. They were seeking to give birth to this thing. I read it on, on Wikipedia. <laughs> it's called the Babylon Goddess. They were seeking to do yeah. a ritual that would bring forth a spirit uh, that, would, that would ultimately <laughs> come forth and unleash that spirit of Babylon on the earth. Well... Parsons, 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 check this out. His wife left him and became the wife of L. Ron Hubbard. And they went off and started their own religion called Dianetics, which today is all up in Hollywood and around the world, right? It's an evil right. thing born out of a cult. Now, check this out. Uh, this Parsons guy, he died at the age of 38 at his house in an explosion in his home. I mean, he was just blown to bits. They said there was nothing left of him. They couldn't even find him. And many believe that he was engaged in these practices, and, and the devil said, okay, I've had my, 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 my fill with this guy. I, I, he's useless now. And he died uh, in some sort of violent uh, attack by wicked forces that he has unleashed.
I want to understand. I want you to understand something. What are we talking about here? How these kings are returning, how they are coming back, and how they are quite conceivably just ahead uh, in the not too distant future. It is meant to wake the church up. It is meant for people to understand, like Brother Fernando said at the beginning, what the Book of Revelation, what the prophets, what the holy prophets and the and the holy apostles, what the Lord Himself warned us about was that these days would be ahead for the final end-time generation and that his people need to prepare themselves and understand that what the Bible says is true, that the coming of the wicked one is after the working of Satan, the working of Satan. And, and this has been being accomplished over the last 2,000 years. It is no uh, accident, brother, that we are witnessing uh, like we've been talking about, the collective desire of a younger generation uh, to throw off the constraints, so they call it, of Christianity or Judeo-Christian belief systems and fully embrace an abomination uh, in the occult and in the blurring of the lines of their own um, uh, identity, whether male or female or any other sort of thing. There is a complete blurring of the lines. There is a complete move towards a globalist, socialistic kind of system, and that is what they're clamoring for. And the seeds of it have been being laid for 2,000 years, and as we've been talking about here in the early 40s, these men went to a whole new level. And I believe that that's why in 1947, when they apparently did this intense ceremony, and then he gets blowed up, right? Hubbard goes off and starts Dianetics. It's interesting, 1947 was the year before Israel became a nation. It's interesting that demonic forces were moving these men in, in these dark, dark places at the same time that God by his spirit is beginning to move and bring Israel back into her homeland in fulfillment of prophecy, the greatest signal that we had reached the final moments of history. Many things were unleashed in those, in those practices in Pasadena. Remember what I just said to you. What Jack Parsons started was JPL, the Jet Propulsion Laboratory, where we go out into space and do all kinds of crazy stuff out there, right? I mean, it's uh, right. we ain't got time to get into it, but it's very interesting. And when they were doing these incredibly powerful things, is it, it after he got blown up? Is it any is it any accident that it was just a few months after that? that suddenly the whole UFO phenomenon began to happen on the planet mm. as we know it today. Roswell and all that kind of stuff that has been increasing. And Brother Jeremy, you mentioned to me yesterday off air, isn't it interesting how yesterday the Pentagon, the Navy Department, uh, yeah. just released the, the, that footage of what they call unidentified flying object. Why are they doing that now? In the midst of the global yeah. pandemic, right? Why bring yeah. that information out now? Not by accident, that's for sure. By accident. No, not by accident. Whether no, they not by accident. Whether they understand right. what they're doing or not, they're being influenced by satanic power. Many things were unleashed early in the 20th century. And, 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 and notice what followed by these, by these wicked practices that these people were engaged in. We're talking about Revelation 13.4. <laughs> the 1950s, right? What did we see happen coming out of World War II? The music uh, uh, began to change, right? Yes. The music yeah. came, mm -hmm. and, 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 and they call it rock and roll, right? I mean, it, the music began to change, and so did the children of those of the greatest generation, right? 
we once had a, a, a nice, clean environment. Who, who are who are now our politicians, right? <laughs> right, exactly. Who are now the politicians, exactly. So the music begins to change, and that gives way to the 1960s, right? Which we saw the greatest rebellion of youth against their parents in this nation's history. And and what was driving it? The Beatles. That's that that was the biggest thing, right? The the the, the British right. invasion, right? I mean, they came to America for an example. And and they were driving this rebellion. But remember what I said earlier, they were ardent followers of ancient ritual black magic. Crowley. They were Crowleyans. If you look on the Beatles album cover, I think it's the, the yellow submarine cover. And for those of you, you could Google it, the yellow submarine cover. Look up in the in the upper left hand corner and you will see they interjected in all those faces the face of Aleister Crowley. What also happened in the sixties? was that prayer began to be removed from the United States of America, right? Supreme Court voted that we couldn't pray no more. And, and then in 1963, the president who allowed that to go to, to, to court was assassinated, JFK. By 1970, that the intensity of, of the demand of these wicked spirits that have been being unleashed gave way to the 1970 law, not only in the United States, but across the globe, uh, of, of abortion laws, Roe Ro versus Wade. We've had tens of millions, hundreds of millions of children killed since then. I read a statistic the other day, over 1.2 billion people have been aborted since the 1970s. 1.2 billion have been aborted since the 1970s. What is this, brother? This is Moloch, that spirit of Moloch that desired that, <clears throat> that people give their children to these de 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 demonic entities. What are you saying all this for, Brother Marty? Because we're witnessing and have been seeing it. It's been coming all along. When you read Revelation 13, 4, and you say, my God, this could never happen. Are you kidding me? It's been happening. It's been going on. Brother Marty, it, you know, it just makes me, it makes me think of what Paul talks about in, in Thessalonians when he tells us that the mystery of iniquity doth already work. It's now, good. It's already at work. Right. Now, he says there's just something that's not allowing it. That's another subject for another day. I, I get it. Yeah. But, right, it, you know, only he who now let it will let it until he be taken out of the way. But when that happens, he says, then shall that wicked be revealed, whom the yeah. Lord shall consume with the spirit of his mouth and shall destroy with the brightness of his coming. But I want to get to this point. And then he says, even him whose coming is after the working, he and him, Antichrist, whose coming yeah. is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders and all deceitfulness of unrighteousness and then that perish. But this is what happens, what's coming. For this cause, God shall send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie. And I believe that's where we're headed. And I believe that's yeah. why these teachings and these things that we're talking about is God, look, now it's, you better make sure that your house, the listener, is built upon a rock. Because if, it, because if it's not, it will fall. Yes. There's a wind, a rain, a flood that is coming upon this earth. Whether your house is built on a sand or on a rock, you shall feel it. The only difference is that if you're built upon the rock, it shall not fail. But there is a spirit that the Bible, the, the, this cause, God shall send them a strong illusion to believe these lies. Yeah. So I, I was just thinking about that. It's just, it's powerful. It was already working. It's the work, the, the, the iniquity 
the mystery of iniquity was already working. But now we'll be like as you said, Brother Marty, we're beginning to see now. Uh, I don't know if the word is manifestation of it. Uh, oh, absolutely. The, the coming out of it now. Yeah, and that, and that's hour. why we that's why I'm laying forth this this information that I'm giving to you. And I'm being really delicate because yeah. what actually happened and what has been happening. I mean, whether it's the Jeffrey Epstein case, right, where they where they say, and they've done a, a marvelous job of covering this up, but they say that what Epstein was involved in involved the highest order ranking politicians, scientists, uh, uh, people of the royal family across this planet engaged in some of the most darkest ritual abuse quite possibly. There's rumors about pedophilia. There's rumors about a ritual occurring amongst the elite in our time. So you can go and fall asleep if you want to, but the truth of the matter is this stuff is happening and it's getting worse. And and it's getting worse because it is signaling the fast approach of that wicked one. And we as the church are being warned that these days are upon us, not to scare anybody, but to prepare your homes, your families, your loved ones, mentally yes. prepared, spiritually yes. prepared, physically prepared. It's going to require everything for this brief time now because that's what is given to him, 42 months, when it finally culminates. That's so what we read in Revelation 13, 5. He says, he says it's only going to be for 42 months. And within that 42-month period, our Lord's going to come take us out of here. Trust me, before the wrath of God is poured on everyone, that's what the Bible teaches, that, that we are not appointed to wrath. But we are going to see these things. It says that until there come a falling away, once the falling away takes place, which we've been talking about for the last 40 days, man, that falling away has occurred in the West uh, well beyond anything we ever imagined could possibly happen. But it, it, it sets the stage and makes way uh, for that wicked one to be revealed. And so what we what I did so haltingly by revealing these things and talking briefly about these things was to show you the progressive change across the decades leading up to our time we went into the 40s where we began to see roswell the ufo stuff the 50s a whole new generation of music is born the 60s the incredible rebellion of the children of, of the west against their parents sex drugs rock and roll the occult the rise of the new age the infiltration of the gurus and the maharashis right from india all that stuff was happening in the mm -hmm. 60s and 70s the abortion laws that were passed globally and enforced by the United Nations, the 80s and the 90s, which gave way to radical uh, sexual revolution, and also the emergence of the tech industry, uh, the Microsofts, the Apples, and all these began to emerge as we, as we came out of the late 80s into the 90s, and then it gave way to the 21st century, where we began to see the rise of terrorism, which enabled a way for the, for the governments of the world to begin to initiate their globalist surveillance state, uh, surveillance state um, <clears throat> uh, ideology as they began to push for a, for a global, con uh, a global uh, surveillance state in order to begin the framework of bringing collective humanity under the domination of a precursor of what's going to be that one world system, that beast headed by the Antichrist. The, uh, the, the, the rise of the occult amongst the elite and our youth right now is unparalleled. It's never been this way. And, and AI, I wanna, I just wanna, 
Yeah, well, yeah, we're getting to that, uh, which we're going to start covering a little bit of that tomorrow. Because remember what we started with. It says that they have one mind, one mind. Yes. And, 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 and so what technology has evolved into, since you mentioned it, is the push towards the singularity, which is artificial intelligence, the, the event horizon, as we call it, where, 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 <laughs> where the Internet or the artificial intelligence that we have created becomes sentient. In other words, it becomes its own consciousness. Is mm. it possible? Is it possible? Because mm. that's what you're talking about. I mean, you can't make this stuff up, brother. You, I mean, this, this, oh, Luciferian, this Luciferian agenda is, is, is deep an, and an ongoing, on process. You know, I was, I was watching a documentary of Steve Jobs and when he first introduced the, the first Apple computer in uh, Palo Alto over there in Silicon Valley. Uh, I can't remember late eighties, I think. Uh, yeah. The price, the price of the first Apple computer was six hundred and sixty-six dollars and sixty-six cents. Yeah, you can't make this stuff make up. <laughs> you know, and it's and it's and it said there, it said bite into the apple. That's right. <laughs> you know, I remember Mike watching the documentary, and I and I stopped it. I stopped it and took a snapshot. A screenshot of it in my phone. I couldn't believe it, and yes. it, it goes along to what we're talking about. And again, this is not something new. Even you know, uh, the Apostle Paul spoke about a minister of Satan was sent to buffet him, right? Lest he be exalted yes. above measure. You know, Jesus started his ministry uh, forty days in the wilderness, being tempted of the devil, and after yes. that, he was ministered. Uh, he was ministered by angels. Right. Yeah. So so yeah. so we, we see that when he started his ministry, never in the history of Israel had there been so much demonic um, uh, activity, yes. manifestation. Yes. This yes. is what we read in the Gospels. That's okay? right. Everywhere he, he went. went that's right? why the, he, he went to the region of darkness. Right. Yes. He went up to the north. He went up the north coast, up the north to where. To where the, the paganism was at, where you know where Israel, uh, the ten tribes divided themselves and began to erect uh, altars yeah. to these demon gods, and out of that came forth the manifestation when Jesus appears, and he goes to that same area to where the this activity was taking place and began to cast out devils. Praise Think God. about this. Yes. Hallelujah. Yes. We serve an awesome God. Amen. So, so yes, this this is not something new. No. Jesus, Jesus dealt with these ancient spirits, and they yeah. only adhere and bow down to one name, yeah. and that is the name of Jesus. So it's yeah. happening in our very own time. We, it, it's it's really, <clears throat> you know, we're talking about these ten horns and how they will manifest themselves. Um, it, it's 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 quite fascinating and interesting that the Bible gives us evidence of, of how this is going to take place. The Bible says in Daniel chapter 2 that the, that they shall not cleave one to another, right? right. It, 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 right. Seems to indi- it, it seems to indicate that it's going to be a more sophisticated way of mingling themselves with the seed of DNA, and that's what we'll probably get into exactly, tomorrow. Yeah, that's exactly right? what we're, uh, that's where we're headed, exactly so, right there. Yeah. Is where so, we're headed. Stay tuned. Let me, stay tuned. Amen. And and let me finish with this because if you remember <laughs> when we when we got to the the election of this president, 
And it's very interesting because all the signs were this election of this president was not possible. I mean, every poll, every pundit, everything uh, said that there was no way that this guy would get elected, this president would get elected. But he did. And so right. <laughs> contrary to the, to, to, to the uh, you know, the, the flow of the evangelical community today, I'm not touting the president. What I am saying, however, is that the Lord, allowed a momentary pushback for a couple of years in order to wake us up, not because of right. him, because look at how things are now, right? But, but, but in order to just hold back this tide for a moment so that he could speak to his people. Now, listen, I was in Washington, D.C. for the inauguration of Barack Obama. I was in when he first got inaugurated. I was there when, when President Trump got inaugurated. And, and, and the day after his inauguration, Washington, D.C. was filled with 500,000 people carrying uh, signs proclaiming they were going to do whatever they could to bring down this, this, this move toward the right in the United States, which, look, man, my kingdom ain't of this home. But what I'm bringing this out to say is that many of those, of, of those that marched that day were highly steeped in, in, in Wicca and in the occult. And they interviewed some of these people, and they plainly said that, be that beginning from that moment and every full moon, check this out, every full moon from the moment yeah. of the inauguration until now, witches are meeting all over the world in a collective occult ceremony every full moon since the inauguration three years ago demanding uh, the destruction of our country, of this nation and the West and its Judeo-Christian values, and the removal of, of, of the power that hinders what they truly want. Now, I want to say something to you, because as crazy as that sounds, is it any wonder, is it possible that their occult activity has caused things like this global pandemic to break out? which is making way for a furtherance of the, the surveillance state, the, 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 the ID20, the UN Agenda 2030, all those other things that people talk about. I mean, it is possible that we are witnessing Revelation 13.4. They worship the dragon. They worship the beast. And not too many days from now, that wicked one is going to take form. To some, what we've talked about, is a frightening thing. And it is if you don't yeah. know Christ, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there is only one ruler. There is only one rightful heir to this planet. There is only yes. one who can make the declaration, all power has been given yes. unto me in heaven and earth. And it's not this wicked one. It's not the son of perdition. It's not the devil. It's not his... His dream team of darkness, man. <laughs> it's it's not all the Aleister Crowley's, L. Ron Hubbard's, Parsons, and the witches of the world, or the elite ruling a class uh, occultists of, uh, of our time. There is a king coming, and they know it. Amen. And they are Amen. trying with all their might to prevent it. But the Lord himself, the lamb, who they will make war with, he will not allow them to prevail, but he will destroy them with the brightness of his coming and the spirit of his mouth because he's the king of kings. He's yeah. the Lord of lords. Yeah. He is 
the son of the living God, the rightful heir to all things. Hallelujah. That's who we serve. And that's what we're looking for is his return. Tomorrow, we're going to get into the furtherance of these things. We're going to cover Revelation chapter 9. Because in Revelation chapter 9, we're going to see and dig deeper and show you what the Lord reveals concerning the rise and the evolution of this one and what God's going to do for his people and, and what God's going to do not too many days from now, which is take back this planet and give it to the saints of the Most High God, whose king will rule from his father David's throne in Jerusalem for over a thousand years. So even so, come quickly, Lord. We rejoice in thy light and thy goodness and in thy grace. And we love you with all our hearts. We belong to you, dear God. And we worship you. Even so, come quickly, Lord. Would you close it out? Yes, my, my. I pray that you join us tomorrow. I mean, this has been tremendous, again, a tremendous Bible study. uh, God revealing to us uh, the thing, the mystery of iniquity that's that's been moving over 2,000 years, and so I'm ready, man. I'm I'm ready for. I can't wait for tomorrow. Can't wait. We pray that you've been blessed. We pray that you've been blessed to our all our listeners. You uh, you would join us tomorrow. Be blessed and keep looking up.